The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Like I say, every week, another hour, great show, great topics, great answers, and great opinions. But here we have again another show, Chris. Are you there? I am here. I'm ready. I'm pumped. I'm ready. And we got we some good stuff today. Mark. And we have Mark. Mark Slaughter. You there, Mark? I am here, James. Let's do this. We're going to make it happen again, guys. Another one. Oh, well, Mark, I'm going to shoot at you first and play with you. Okay. And then see what you come back with. Then we'll let Chris, yep. and then we got another guest called in, and then uh, we have some more questions for him and you. and. We'll make this all fun again. How does that sound? Perfect. Well, I want to start off with, you know, uh, I know Chris likes to talk college. He like college, but I think college to me is nothing but, you know, money, bog, bits, and all like that. But it is what it is. Heisman Trophy winner came out. Um, I thought the um, young man McCaffrey from um, Stanford was going to get it. But it didn't look like that. Um, are they Heisman vote, Mark? Chris, I did like people that, you know, it's supposed to be who helps their team, like the MVP of the NFL or NBA, who more supportive of their team and help them and then come on. Do you think they just voting because, you know, the, the record guys? Mark, I'll let you answer first, and then I have my own opinion. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that definitely factors into it, James. I mean, you have, uh, you know, Derrick Henry on Alabama. Um, I think more than anything, um, really, it's a, about the, the media exposure that that person gets. I mean, I follow football very closely. And, you know, for the first five games or so of the, this season, you didn't even really hear about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, not even a mention of him. And he kind of flew under the radar and I think people kind of caught on at the end of the season and realized how what a what a talent he was and how how great the guy was. But so much of this Heisman is just the kind of the media campaign that these these players have. And I mean, it, it started off with, uh, of course, the Fournette at LSU, and that was really it was really his to to win or lose and. Um, but, I mean, uh, that's all you heard about, you know, the first four or five games of the season was just Fournette, Fournette, and, you know, the, you know, going to jump right to the pros, all this stuff, and, you know, he uh, had all but won the Heisman, and then, uh, of course, he ran up against uh, against Alabama, and, and uh, Derrick Henry, and Henry had a better game, and, and Alabama won, and I think the, from that moment on, the media kind of jumped on to the, to the Derrick Henry train, and and, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he kind of ran away with the, the Heisman. Now, think about this. If you were to, let's say, switch teams and have Christian McCaffrey have the season that he had on the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide, and then uh, Derrick Henry have the type of season that he had and put him on the Stanford Cardinal, I mean, what do you think the outcome would be in that situation? I mean, I, I, I think I know the answer to that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's just, I don't know, the Heisman anymore to me is just kind of, it's kind of an overrated deal. It's, it's just sort of annoying just because all it is is, um, again, just, just all this hype and, 
Uh, I mean, Henry had an unbelievable year. Um, he's not the most flashy guy, but I mean, he kind of, he did carry the team on his back and, and, uh, he was their workhorse and, and you can't take anything away from the season that he had, but, uh, McCaffrey was, uh, just kind of had an out of this world type season. And, uh, like I said, I, I think if he was a member of, uh, of Alabama and getting the push and the hype from, from the beginning of the season, I think, uh, the outcome would have been different on the Heisman, honestly. Before you go, Chris, um, I think I guess AJ. You there, AJ? Yes, I'm here. Oh, how you doing, AJ? I'm doing good. I'd like to know you got Chris and you got Mark on the line. Hi, AJ. Hey, hey. How's everyone doing? <laughs> How's it going, AJ? Um, Chris, you want to go in and feel AJ about the question and then um, let AJ respond after this? So, so AJ, the question had to do with uh, uh, Derrick Henry uh, winning the Heisman, and you know, did, what was was you know, should 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 he have won, or should have, uh, Chris McCaffrey, you know, possible? What you know, what was what was the option on that? Wow, it's a great question. Um, what was the guy name who just spoke? Mark, right? Mark, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of want to go off something he said, you, you know, it just seemed to be a campaign um, by these colleges now, uh, not to take anything away from either person, uh, Henry or McCaffrey. Um, it just, again, it just seemed to be hype. You know, I, I think social media is, is diluting the trophy itself. Um, uh, you know, people are able to go on social media, watch all the hype, um, and, and judge people from there. Um, you know, again, both these guys are talented, um, um, but it's, it's just diluted now, is my personal opinion. Can I throw something into this? Um, do you guys realize that McCaffrey was only 63 yards less, um, all-purpose yards gained as a running back this year versus Henry? Only 63 yards between the two of them. Um, the thing that I think that that went on, and, and we've talked about this previous, uh, Mark, and has to do with Stanford being on the West Coast. And most of their games, I think that they think they said that uh, uh, six of their first eight games didn't play until after 10 p.m. Eastern time. So a lot of people on the East Central Time, East Coast, didn't even watch their games, didn't even put them on the radar. Um, so, so for me, that that, that that made a big difference. Well, you kind of got to look at AJ and Mark. What Mark said, AJ, and I think we both were trying to hit on it. If we had put uh, Henry on the Stanford, you know, and the other one on Alabama, you got to look at the schools. I mean, he probably would have wanted to be in Alabama, and that's what my point I was trying to say. If you had a big name school that players are winning it every year, he's going to get the edge. Do you guys agree with that, Mark? AJ. Absolutely. I mean, I you know, again, it's uh, a lot of this stuff is just, um, and you know, again, the Heisman to me, it, it's it's almost like if if the shows don't have anything to talk about, they kind of kind of go into Heisman talk, and it's something that just kind of you know happens all year. I think there's a lot of uh, people that don't really pay attention all that much to to the actual games and the actual players out there. And they just latch on to whoever the kind of the media darling is. And in this case, again, I think it started off being Fournette uh, there at LSU, and then it, and then you know that bandwagon was uh, attached to uh, Derrick Henry after that. And again, I mean, you can't you can't disparage the, the type of season that he had. He had a great year. Um, he's not the most uh, electrifying type player, but uh, you know he's kind of like kind of reminds me of a. Really like a Ron Dane or Eddie Lacy, you know, uh, yeah, just a kind of a brute, um, you know, that runs up the middle and and uh, you know gets all the tough yards. Um, and uh, anyways, but uh, yeah, so you know the fact that we didn't really hear anything about McCaffrey in the the Heisman talk until really mid season when people started noticing uh, what what type of year he was having. You know, at that point, it's almost too late, and these people have their minds made up, and, and uh, you know, 
I, you know, we had talked about it several weeks back about McCaffrey needing to kind of have a breakout moment where he just, uh, you know, captures the thing and runs away with it and, you know, not, you know, gives the, the voters no choice. And I kind of thought he had that type of game against USC. I mean, that guy was, he was all over the field, you know, returning punts, you know, throwing for a touchdown, running for a touchdown. I mean, he was just, he was electric and, and all over the place. And again, um, they, I think it was just too late at that point. And, um, you know, that I think everybody's minds were kind of made up and, uh, and, and Henry, Henry ended up winning the thing. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the Heisman Trophy winner, historically hasn't had that great of a track record, you know, at the next level. So I don't think it's not that big of a deal. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, McCaffrey broke, you know, Barry Sanders' all-purpose yard record. I mean, what uh, what more can that guy do, honestly? I mean, he, he left it all out there. I don't think there's much more that he could have done. And, and that just kind of tells you um, how that system works. Thank you. Yeah, um, pretty much the, the, the same thing. You know, I didn't hear much about McCafferty, uh, like Mark just said, until almost mid-season. And, um, you know, then I started hearing more and more about him. But, again, it just was too late. All the hype was Alabama, um, especially after, after they had their first loss. And they started winning game after game. Um, you know, Henry's name just became to the got to the top of the list. And, um Again, it just goes back to all the campaigning and hype um, that, you know, networks like ESPN and different media outlets do, um, that it just was too hard to overcome um, for, for McCafferty. Um, so, um, and AJ, again, to, to, to piggyback on that, what you're saying right there, you know, I was watching kind of the coverage after they had all the, the championship games. You know, they had the SEC championship game. They had the... Pac-12 championship, the Big Ten championship. And there, there was ESPN, you know, they had like eight guys uh, sitting there kind of discussing the night's events, you know, and they had the big, they're, you know, sitting in front of this SEC network banner. And, uh, you know, they, they, they just talked about how Henry, you know, should win the Heisman. And, I mean, it just, the whole thing, it's kind of, uh, it certainly behooves uh, ESPN for, um, someone like that to win the Heisman uh, with their, you know, kind of being in bed with the SEC. Uh, it's it's to their advantage to just have the, to kind of build on this monster, this, you know, conference that's so dominant and, uh, you know, look, they've won this many Heismans, this many national championships. And so, yeah, he's going to get, uh, you know, the more than his fair share of press, you know, from ESPN, who's kind of the, the juggernaut, obviously, in the, in the, sports media world. Uh, so it's, it's, you really, to, to win the Heisman, if you're from a non-SEC school, you really have to do something something pretty magical. So, anyways. Well, guys, this is what we got to do. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to have some more college talk. Then after that, our next week, we'll talk a little NFL, see what's going on with Cam for real. But this is James, Chris, Mark, and AJ. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and we got to get these guys to work up, Chris. Come on, yeah. AJ, it ain't cold in Chicago, so you should be, you know, talking in the 50 degrees. Come on. Take it off. <laughs> so, so, so before I start asking some questions, um, first of all, I, we, we actually had someone write into the show, uh, Mark, and first of all, he was really happy to hear that you're on. He loves your information. He thinks that, that you're full of knowledge. And, you know, Randy, we want to thank you for writing in. And then he also wrote in a question for you. Um, And it just said, I had one question for you guys on the Big 12. Two weeks ago, we were talking about how the Big 12 doesn't have a a conference championship game. And he says, do you think that instead of a playoff game, wouldn't it be smart to have Oklahoma and Texas play the last week of the regular season, you know, when the other conferences have their playoffs? What do you think about that, Mark? You know, I, I would love it. Uh, the, the thing with the, the Texas OU rivalry is it, uh, you know, it occurs, I think it's the first Saturday of uh, October every year. And kind of beyond the football game itself, it, it, the setting there uh, is at the, the Texas State Fair in Dallas right there at the Cotton Bowl. On the grounds there, I've been there several times. It's, it's, it's an unbelievable experience uh, to, to be a fan, watch that game. You know, half the half the crowds in uh, burnt orange, half the crowds in, in crimson, and um, it's 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 phenomenal. And I think part of the appeal of it is just having that whole carnival atmosphere around there. I mean, there's literally like I think there's you know just as many people that are uh, partaking in the in the, the state fair as there are in the, in the game. Um, I kind of like it the way it is now, uh, Randy, just to address that. And I, the reason I like it, I think having that kind of big game early in the season, and now Texas has been down for, for some time now, so um, they're not really in the national conversation here in the last several years. But in the past, you know, that's kind of a springboard-type game you know, the winner of that game uh, gets an early win against usually a top 10 team and uh, kind of uh, states their case. And instead of having that at the, at the end of the year, um, which I think could be detrimental, because I think you can come back. And, and, I mean, prime example, this year, OU lost to Texas, and uh, they worked their way back in, and now they're, you know, in the playoffs. Um, I don't think, you know, let's say – if OU and Texas played on the last game of the season this year and Texas happened to beat them in that last game, 
I don't think OU would be in the in the playoff. I really don't. Uh, just hmm. you know, one having a loss on the last game of the season, and uh, of course the way Texas has played this year, I think that would have that would have knocked them out of there. So I like the idea. Um, I mean, Texas OU is always a great game, um, but I do think. I, I really like the way it is now, just kind of that early conference game. Uh, it can be, like I said, a springboard to, to to one of the teams, and then it doesn't necessarily knock out the other team. And, I, you know, I know Tennessee and Florida kind of had a similar situation back when Spurrier and, and Fulmer were kind of going at it, and it was, those two were, uh, you know, the best two teams in the, in the SEC East. And they always played each other early in the season, in, I think, late September. And uh, it was kind of the same thing. You know, those guys were both always in the national picture. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, a loss doesn't necessarily kill your, your season, but a win uh, is, is a great way to, to, to start the season off. So that's, that's a great question. I really like that. Perfect. So another thing I want to talk about is so this past weekend the only Division One football game on was the Army-Navy game and believe it or not I actually watched part of it you know near the end of the second quarter Navy was trying to convert a fourth and one the announcer said that, Na- that Navy had converted 21 out of 23 times on fourth down they ended up completing the fourth down conversion so that means that they're now 22 out of 24 that's an amazing statistic for most teams uh, do you credit this to Navy being that good or just playing weak teams Mark, do you have a comment on that one? You know, I think it's a combination of things. Uh, yes, certainly they they don't play the uh, uh, a, a great schedule. I mean, they're they're uh, an independent. They kind of pick their own teams. They played, they played some good teams this year, but I think it's really more their offense than anything else. You know, they've got the triple option, and it's so tough to defend that, uh, especially in a short yarded situation. You know, you can if if the team you know, commits to, uh, to, to, you know, just to, to giving the ball to the fullback, then you can stretch it outside and, and, uh, and, you know, either the, and then the quarterback has the option of either keeping it or pitching it out to the tailback. So, I mean, there's three options basically on every short yardage play that they have. Um, actually four, if, you know, you consider the, the quarterback can pass, which, you know, they had a great quarterback this year and, and that was, mm-hmm within the realm of possibility, too. Um, so that, that I think it's more of just that offense being tailor-made to kind of those short-yarded situations uh, more than them just playing a, a total cupcake, cupcake schedule. And, you know, they play, you know, that, again, uh, you know, the triple option is something that, you know, it's obviously tough to prepare for. Not that many teams run it, you know, maybe two or three teams in the NCAA run that. So your whole practice that whole week is is geared towards that, but that's the only time, you know, that, the, that you see it all year. And so it's kind of awkward. It's kind of uh, difficult to defend. And uh, and let's face it, I mean, they've been, you know, they've got these guys that stay all four years, probably five years, a lot of them, in that system, and they just run it to, to a T. And, um, they, you know, they're just kind of a machine and a juggernaut. And, uh it's really, really tough to defend. I think, actually, I heard that um, the rumor is that their coach, uh, Ken N, I can't pronounce his last name, but uh, uh, he's on the, the short list to take over at BYU. Um, uh-huh. And it would be really, I think it would be really interesting to see if, I mean, they would certainly would uh, convert to the triple option, but to see you know, how that might work with possibly getting some better athletes and, uh um, really changing kind of BYU's whole uh, philosophy that they've had over the years. You know, they've always been known as the, the kind of the team that would air it out and, and throw. I mean, they have a very rich tradition of having, you know, passing quarterbacks there. So it'd be interesting to see if, if he ends up getting that gig to see how that would, uh, yeah. how it would translate uh, with that school. Yeah, that's true. You, uh, BYU has always been a pretty powerful team. Yeah, that's, you know, that's why they, they moved over to where they did, so, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that'd be... Well, Mark, well, yeah. well, Mark if you looked at it, you know, all the... seem like all football stuff for those teams like Alabama, um, 
is going to the spread offense and all like that. Everybody changing up, but Alabama's still that bang up down the middle running the ball, you know? And that right. was you tried it for a while, but when they kept giving the one guy the ball, and they lost the game, got stopped for three games. Now they're like, hey, we got to do something else besides just keep giving him the ball because our conference is just not running the ball. So if you look right, at no. it, everybody, you know, look at all these receivers catching 12 touchdowns, you know, and, you know, but mm-hmm. before, like you said, it was like give them the ball, run up to the middle, and keep running, and let them, you know, score with 12 to 6, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely the trendy kind of offense, you know, um, the, the spread. And it's, you know, kind of just, I think it's a cyclical deal, you know, in, in college sports where, you know, like I know the West Coast offense was a big deal back in the day. And, um, I mean, back way back, you know, the wishbone was uh, was something that all the all the top teams were, were running. And now it's kind of just uh, – gone to the spread and um yeah i mean i you know i you know, really you can only think of a handful of teams i mean uh, you know texas tried to, to do kind of a power running uh, offense and it, it failed miserably and uh we uh are the horns just uh hired a hired tulsa's offensive coordinator who um who runs the spread so i mean everybody's going to it uh, I think it'll be one of those deals where, you know, the, the, the defense kind of catches up to it. And, you know, you'll probably see that I'm sure eventually it'll probably go back, you know, to power running and different kind of things. You know, it's just, uh, I think that's just the, the nature of, of college football and, and you know, kind of coaches being one step ahead of, uh, you know, on offense, maybe one step ahead of the defense uh, for now. And uh, so... It is a fun. It's fun to watch. I, I enjoy watching it. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of points being scored and all that. It's 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 very entertaining to to watch. But uh, yeah, I don't know how long that's gonna last. But it's definitely the the flavor of the month. That's for sure. This is what we're gonna do, Mark. We're gonna take another break. When we come back, we're gonna kind of span what you said about you know um, catching up with offenses and defenses and um, and talk about the NFL. See if they're going to catch up with Cam Newton, what he's doing. But this is James, Chris, and Mark, and AJ Carl say he'll be called back in after break, so we'll have him back on. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jack Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Chris, you didn't leave, did you? I'm still here. And we, Mark, are you there? I'm here, buddy. And AJ will be calling. Well, he's on the line, um, everybody. He'll be chiming in when he have time. You know, he was fortunate enough to call us from work, so we appreciate that. So, But he'll be joining in. And then next week's show, Chris, guess what? Yes. I mean, you're going to get the question next, and I guess that we're going to have. And Mark Slauson will be running the show next week, Mark. Oh, nice. Thanks, James, for dropping that bomb on me, buddy. Oh, you're uh, welcome. I'll be practicing up in front of my mirror today. Uh, Merry Christmas. There you go. <laughs> well, we'll get you. Don't worry. You, you, you're already doing good, Mark. So, you know, it's all about keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it, you know. But, Mark, you, uh, let's get back into it. You kind of got me interested in what you said. You know, we talk about college football, you know, the spread offense and teams want to catch up with it and probably go back to the run. Kind of like the NFL, you know, like kind of when I played, Randall Cunningham came out, he was running quarterbacks, you know, he had Steve Young. Then it went back from that to the big power backs, you know, you had the running backs that, you know, were just running the ball. Now it's going back to the, the scrambling quarterbacks, you know, you got Cam Newton. Um, you had RG3, but he just couldn't stay in the pocket, you know, he wanted to be a pocket, you know. But Cam is that type of guy. You got um, Russell Wilson over there with Seattle. Is the NFL going back to the running quarterbacks, Mark? Um, then you could go, Chris. Okay. You know, um, I, I think those are two great examples. I think, I think the difference, um, and and kind of between like an RG three and and Russell Wilson and Cam Newton is just how effective Cam and uh, Russell Wilson can can throw the ball. And I think that their their passing kind of opens up up their running um, more so than than with Griffin, where he was just kind of more of a, a scramble. I mean, he, you know, he he can make some throws, but he certainly wasn't uh, the most accurate guy in the world. And their offense really was based around his his ability to to move around. I think that those guys, I, I really think that Cam or Russell Wilson could just sit back in the pocket. And make plays and uh, and be just fine. Um, and I think that they Cam is more of a runner. I think. I mean, he. I think they do design some plays for him. You know, just to, to get outside and you know pick up a few tough yards on a you know on a third or third down type situation. Um, but Wilson, it just seems like every time he he just got such an unbelievable pocket presence. You know, he's back there and and he has a, just an, an innate ability to, to see when um, when it's time to time to go and time to put his head down and um, and make a few yards, you know, with his legs. But I, I don't know. I, I I shudder to say or, or hesitate to say that that either one of those guys is really a scrambling type quarterback. I just happen to think that they're they're great athletes that uh, that can, when needed, pick up some yards with their feet. But uh, I really think that both those guys are just great passers and, and uh, can do just fine sitting back in the pocket if they had to. 
I really do. Before you go, Chris, um, AJ, mm-hmm. I know you're listening, but whenever you chime in, go ahead and just chime on in, you know, then we know you're back on. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Yeah. So I I, I do agree with with what you know with, with, with what Mark's saying. However, you know, you also have to look at um, you know the, some of the some of the the quarterbacks that have been you know running the football. You know, like Vic. You know, the problem with Vic is is you know he was doing it and trying to high jump play other players and getting hurt. Um, you know, you have have somebody like Cam Newton who's as big, if not bigger, than some of the defenders. You know he's 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 got a lot of ability and, and able body to do all that. So um, if, if that's the way, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if that's what they're going to keep doing. But you know that team has the option totally. Well, guys, I don't know AJ back on yet, but listen to this, Mark Chris. How we get into nowadays that we want that quarterback to run and score a touchdown because of fancy football? If you look back at um, the quarterback that won the Super Bowl for Baltimore, help me with his name, Mark, Chris. And Sanchez? No, that won it. Joe with, Flacco? Um, oh, Fla- Flacco. No, sorry. not Flacco. Was it Baltimore? What was the team that had the best defense? Was, oh, back oh, back before Flacco. Um, yeah. Trent Dilfer. Yeah, Dilfer that never passed, really. But, you know, never, but you want a quarterback that just don't make mistakes, lose the game for you, that type. But now... It's like we want the quarterback to throw five touchdowns. You see the difference now? I would have took a Dilfer that, you know, he was only throwing the ball 12 times a game, you know what I'm saying? But never threw an interception and lost the game for him. So it didn't change now because I think it's fancy. You know, everybody wants to see the running quarterback getting 100 yards. You guys agree with that, or am I just talking gibberish? Yeah, I mean, I think he was kind of an outlier. I mean, I, I do think that uh... – even back then, I mean, I think the quarterback position was critical uh, to teams winning championships. I mean, you know, the, the Troy Aikman and comes to mind. Um, and, uh, oh, gosh, kind of drawing a blank. Beisman, that's going a little bit further back. But, I mean, you know, the defense that Baltimore had that year was just kind of out of this world. And, you know, they did pattern their whole their whole team concept on not not you know limiting their turnovers running the ball and just letting their defense do what they were going to do uh and win just kind of ugly and uh you know that worked for that entire year the only other team i could think of that really just had a kind of below average quarterback play and won a championship was was brad johnson when he was with with tampa bay um but other than that i mean i think if you look back and and you know, you got your Drew Brees and, you know, the Manning brothers, you know, uh, of course, Tom Brady. Um, I think, you know, quarterback play is, uh, has, has definitely um, been the most crucial element to, to teams winning championships. And, uh, uh, yeah, like, a, like you said, um, you don't really see those just defensive-minded kind of, uh, play not to lose type of teams. Now, I, I will say that uh, the Broncos kind of looked that way um, on Sunday with uh, Osweiler at the helm. I mean, he you know he did make some throws. He played just fine, but uh, I do think that they're they're kind of trying to, to implement that. Just don't turn the ball over. Put our defense in a good position, and and uh, you know our D is that good that we're gonna we're gonna win the game. So yeah, it's an interesting point, James. I, 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 well, I don't think it's necessarily that they, you know, fantasy football, you know, and wanting your quarterback to, to you know, yes, that's nice. Trust me, that's nice. But, you know, I, I, I think people want to see just a good game. You know, they don't want to see a runaway where one team's scoring 40, 50 points and another one's, you know, scoring three points. I mean, that's not fun. You know, they want to see something competitive. So, you know, if they have, you know, two good quarterbacks out there sitting back in the pocket throwing the ball, you know, and, and not getting or, – or either getting interrupt, inter, intercepted or, you know, having them catch the ball, you know, I, I think that's what fans are wanting. You know, they want a good competitive game. Mark, help me out here. Chris, you said yep. a good competitive game, but the league has changed and they've done that. That's why they stopped – where the defensive back can um, chuck the receiver all the way downfield and all these penalties where you can't touch the quarterback, let them throw. 
they already changed the game now to where they just want the fans want a high scoring game. But that ain't competitive. Am I right, Mar? It's like a powder puff league. You agree, Mar? It's different. Yeah, it's certainly different. I mean, obviously with all the the research that they've done on on uh, concussions and all that, I think that that plays a part in kind of the the you know the limit to some of the physicality in the game. And like you mentioned, I mean, all the rule changes for uh, the quarterbacks, keeping them protected. Uh, the, there's no doubt it's just 100% a quarterback league. And, yeah, now they have, you know, kind of the rules in their favor and they can uh, dictate the game a lot more than, than probably back in the day. But I still think, you know, it's, whether the, uh, you know, the rules are more favorable to them or not, I think it's always kind of been a, it's always been a quarterback league. It really has, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I still see you know there's still some great defenses out there, and I enjoy watching the games. I don't necessarily think it's you know uh, the the run and shoot type situation as it was you know 20 years ago almost, uh, where it was just uh, you know up and down the field and. Um, you know, I think there's there's still a pretty good balance between run and pass, um, but at the end of the day, to win a championship, you have to have a quarterback that's going to make plays at the plays uh, throughout the season and, and in the postseason. And um, you know, that's the I think that is the most important element uh, in a championship team uh, these days. So, well, Mark, Chris, we got to take a last break as we come back. Uh, I know you have some more of these questions, Chris. So. We will be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jack Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. Chris, you still making it with us? I'm, I'm here with you. Chris, we had we had Mark a little nervous there, didn't we, Chris? Oh, he was he was a little scared, a little scared. <laughs> well, uh, we would not throw you all to the wall. We just, you know, let you you know run it, do it, and you know you do such a good, good job. So that's uh, uh, all good, man. I'll it'll be a good show. I'll yeah. make sure of that. Yeah. Well, Chris, take it on in. All right. So Cam Newton is solidly having an MVP year. But some people argue that Tom Brady is deserving of the title, considering all the injuries the Patriots have had, you know, to to overcome this season. What's your opinion on that, Mark? You know, I think six of one, half a dozen of the other. I, I think uh, you can make an argument for for either guy. I mean, Brady, what he does on a week by week basis is uh, kind of unprecedented. Just, uh, I mean, they 
they've had to throw some scrubs out there, man. And it's, it's like they're, you know, they had a, they had a little bit of a lull. Um, you know, they lost two out of three games and, and actually they lost two in a row. Um, but I mean, you know, you just looking at them last week. I mean, it was, uh, to me, it was just so obvious after, you know, they, uh, were in a position to, to retake that, uh, you know, the top of the AFC where they have home field throughout the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. there was just never any doubt that uh, that they were going to play play well and win that game and, and get themselves back in that position. I mean, that's just the way that he's always played his entire career, and and he's had a, just a great season this year. So, yeah, I would say, you know, you could definitely make the argument for Brady. Um, but on the flip side, you know, Cam Newton is just uh, – is really just taking that leadership role in in Carolina and and ran with it. I mean, you can just tell how the the players really rally around him, and it seems like they're just having a great time. And I mean, he's kind of got that infectious personality where you know he keeps every, everything kind of light, and uh, you know they just seem like I mean they seem like the happiest team in the league. I mean, it sounds kind of goofy, but seriously, I mean they're always just smiling out there, having a good time, and and he's just putting up unbelievable numbers and, and they're scoring uh, at an incredible rate. And, uh, you know, I think he's, you know, I mean, just thinking about it, I mean, Cam, he's won, he won a national championship as a junior college player at, at Blinn, uh, JC and, and, uh, in college station. And then he, uh, went to Auburn and won a national championship there. Um, I think he's, He's very underrated for just how competitive he is, um, and what a what a great player he is. I mean, he's you know he's done it at the you know at the at, at lower levels. He's won championships, and uh, I wouldn't wouldn't be at least a bit surprised if he he can carry that team to to the to the NFL title. I mean, he's just uh, he's a very special player, and and you know, Chris, like you were saying, I mean, he's just a physical beast. I mean, the guy's like what mm-hmm. six five. You know, two forty, and uh, he's a load, and um, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's very very worthy of, of MVP consideration. I think he's going to end up getting it, and uh, I don't think you can. I don't think anybody's going to have too much of an argument with that. I really don't. Right. True. If I, if I go next, please. I can't wait. I can't wait. Mark, isn't that <laughs> what I was telling you about the Heisman? And you said yep. it too. You said whoever ESPN like and keep putting that yep. name gets it. But I said it should be whoever helps their team win a championship or win game. But like you yep. said, you got the big name schools and big name Tom Brady over Cam. He's gonna get it because it's Tom Brady. Am I wrong or right? Isn't that what we're saying? Um, you know, I think it. I don't know. I I think you could give it to Brady every year, honestly. <laughs> No, um, the way on. he's played, I think I, I think that sometimes the media actually gets kind of sick of of seeing the same guy win it every year, and I, I do think that Cam has he's got some of that ESPN uh, hype, and he's got some of that um, uh, you know he gets quite a bit of press I think this year I really do, and I could see him being kind of the new the new kid in town. Um, the people just want to see something different. I mean, uh, I think uh, it's just old seeing seeing the same same people win awards every single year. I mean, you know, it's kind of like in in basketball back in the day when Michael Jordan. I mean, pretty much every year he trotted out on the court, you could say he would have been the MVP every every single year because he was the the best player out there. But I mean, you know, Elijah won one. MVP during his uh, during his career, and and so did Charles Barkley. And I think um, I think you might see the same type of thing this year with with Cam. I really do. And uh, again, he's kind of got. I'm sorry, Mark. You know, let me to, throw this at you and let you finish. A lot of people that? don't like. Let me throw this at you and then let you finish because I want to. You know, let me. Um, a lot of people don't like Cam for MVP because. Cam flashy. He does that little thing and all like that. They don't like that. Tom Brady don't. You know, he scored a touchdown is it. You know what I'm saying? Some yep. don't like the flashy Cam. I mean, you know, the party and like to say all happy and 
doing this little arm thing and all like that. That's why most people don't want Cam. Do that seem like that right with you or no? I could see that. I mean, I could see some, like, crusty old, you know, sports writer that's, like, 70 years old sitting in front of his typewriter uh, and, and just can't can't handle that, you know, just uh, old school or whatever you want to say, and and, and maybe not uh, voting for Cam for that reason. I think it's totally stupid, but, um, yeah, you might be right. You might be onto something. Um, I don't know. Like, to me, that whole thing has just been, been blown out of proportion, you know, with his little celebration there at the end. I don't even really know what that is, but um, I don't think it's, it's harming anybody. Um, I mean, I was watching the highlights this weekend, and uh, there was one of Cam doing his little dance, and my daughter was, like, laughing, and she thought it was kind of cool, and she tried to do it herself, and I thought that was kind of funny. Um, people take take sports a little too seriously sometimes, I think, and um, things like that, that they get people up in arms, and uh, it's, I find a little little strange, but... Uh, yeah, I think you, you you could be onto something there, James. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I I really think that uh, I think he's garnered Cam has garnered a lot of momentum. I mean, especially if they continue and I mean if they go undefeated, um, I think you would you would have to, to to think he would be the favorite in spite of uh, some of those old crusty dudes that that might uh, be reluctant to vote for him. Right. Right. So, next question. There are five teams that are 8-5. and five. The New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs, Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks. Of these teams, which, is, which one is the most dangerous? James, you want that one, buddy? Yeah, I kind of thought, um, you say Minnesota, Chris? Yes. I kind of thought Minnesota, Mark, was pretty coming on pretty good. Then they lost. I can't remember who got blown out, and I was like, whoa, maybe they're not as good. I thought they'd be that team that was going to yep. come up and rise over there, and then they got blown out, and then, you know, Agent Peter talked about the coaches, so it seemed like it was a dysfunctional in the locker room where the players, you know, but we got, oh, that, music in my, we got that music in my ear. We're going to have to go, but next week, um, guys, um, Chris, Mark Slauson, you're running it. We, uh, we had a guest. It'll be a great show, Mark. You do good. All right, Mark? <laughs> it's going to be great, man. I look forward to it. All right. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Have a good All week. Right. Bye. All right, you guys too. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry. James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at Loving That Sports Talk at Yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.